Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we watch? Well, Kevin, we just watched the fifth season of 24, also known as Day 5, which of course premiered on the unforgettable day of January 15th, 2006, running until May 22nd of that year. And so if we're a little bit tired, it's because this is like 24 episodes of television. <sighs> we're exhausted. We're drained. We've been running around all around Los Angeles, just like Jack Bauer, our hero. <laughs> 
shit's exploding, intrigue is happening, and this is the greatest season of 24 in 24 history. Never rose to this height again. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it is. <laughs> season five, baby. That's what you told me. So that's your five-star final take, so we're done? Boom. Good night, everybody. Out. <laughs> Give it a silent clock. <laughs> this, was a, this was a really good season of television. Previously, as our listeners may recall, we reviewed season two. Kevin is a massive 24 head. What are they called 24 stands? Do you guys have like a community name? Uh, intellectuals, distinguished oh, men. Jesus. Jingoists. <laughs> Connoisseurs. Neocons. Um, <laughs> so... So you you love this show. You watched every bit of this show in its original run. I am a latecomer. And so you introduced me to the show with season two. And then we jumped ahead to season five. So I don't really care about like spoilers. I just want to see like some cool shit blow up and whatever. And let me just say, I, I enjoyed season two. There was a lot wrong with it, but I enjoyed it. But this season blew season two out of the freaking water. It's like they figured out all the stuff that worked and they were like, more of that, please. And like cut out a lot of the bullshit. And I was like saluting it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I don't know what, I'm just going to geek out about this this season for a while. I mean, want to fill everybody in about what this one's about? Uh, you were especially captivated this season by the stories involving the president and his wife. Iconic. The Logans. An Charles iconic, flawed, toxic couple. Charles and Martha Logan. They remind me of us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really, uh, I love that. That was my favorite thread of the season. But before we go down that White House rabbit hole, why don't we explain what the hell's going on in this season? Basically. Well, let me say that I told you before we watched this season, I told you repeatedly that there was going to be a moment in the opening episode where you'd be shocked. Yes. And then I said, just when you would relax a bit and think everything's fine, you'd be shocked again. And you knew that going in. And you thought I was exaggerating. You thought I was being foolish, uh, putting, getting out ahead of my skis, I believe is what you said. But you gasped. Your mouth went agape. You looked like an idiot. Your face was all white. And then you like wiped your brows. Okay, everything's okay now, right, Kevin? And then boom, there was another shock. More shocks than an illegal CTU torture session. <laughs> That's the billing, folks. Yeah, it was a really. And obviously, as you know, because it's in the intro, we're going to talk about spoilers. So, but... what was so shocking in this first episode? Okay, so spoiler uh, for 24 season five, a, a series that's been out for quite some time now. Uh, it opens with. Y'all remember President Palmer, the guy from the Allstate commercials, very, very good president, very noble man. Uh, he was the president in season two. Now he's the president emeritus. He's no longer the president, but he's just, he's hanging out. He's looking out the window being like, you know, sometimes I really think, and then boom, headshot. And he's dead. He's dead. He gets murdered. And I'm, so, oh no. And I love President, Lo I mean, I love President Palmer, so I'm upset. And then a few minutes later, uh, Jack Bauer's friends, Tony Almeida and and Michelle, his wife, the, they're they're two CTU analysts who are always helping Jack. They're 
they're doing stuff. Tony's grown a weird depression goatee or something, and they're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, boom, their car explodes. And so, you know, Michelle's killed. Tony's badly injured. So, boom, all the friends are dead. All of Jack Bauer's friends are dead. And then, as we find out, Jack Bauer, in the previous season, went into hiding. He pretended he died to, you know, get out of his troubles. Who hasn't? Who amongst (laughs) us? has not had that reaction to work troubles, or at least wanted to. And so then he's he's on the run, so he gets notice from his his other friend, who wasn't in season two, but I guess was introduced later, Chloe O'Brien, who's like this very nerdy lady, computer lady, and she's telling him, uh-oh, everyone's getting killed. And he's like, uh-oh, I guess I better come back. And so that's that's how the season kicks off. The former president is murdered, the uh, the two friends of Jack Bauer are murdered. It's all connected. It's all exploding. It's got you hooked instantly, you know? And that's an effective cow- character death. I hate it when they kill characters just to, like, to shock. But in this case, the shock works because it's kicking you off of, like, what the fuck's going to happen? Let's go. And it just gets crazier from there. It gets insane. It gets so, it's so good. So you have different threads in this season. Jack Bauer kind of coming back to CTU and being like, BT dubs, guys, I'm not dead, is one. Uh, the the Jack, What's Jack been doing in this time where he's been like death? He's been cosplaying as a blue-collar man, basically. Named Frank. Named Frank. I work in the oil rigs or whatever the fuck it is, a, a construction. And uh, he's been having an affair with this uh, uh, redheaded lady from Friday Night Lights and uh, has been trying to mentor her troubled son. <laughs> And I was like, I'll oh, get these people out of here. But it, 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 unlike the second season, it really understands what people want. So it's not gonna have it's not gonna have this troubled son going in the woods and getting attacked by wildcats. He's in there just about enough. He's he's just enough. And then by the end, you're like, oh, he seemed kind of like a brat at first, but at this point, you know, he tried his best. Good for him. God bless him. We salute you, son. Whatever your name was, <laughs> he tried, and um, and then. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna save my favorite line for last, my favorite like part of it. But uh, there's a lot of stuff at CTU. The big the big thing is that uh, spoiler alert. But once again, there is a massive attack at headquarters. At this point, you'd think they would just fold it up because the, the previous season we watched there was also a massive attack at CTU LA headquarters. And so and so I told you there was some point later in the season something was going to happen that would be very sad. Yes. But we'll get to that later. So that so basically, so that's a big thing, and their their homeland security is taking over. And I'm kind of like, in reality, good because they obviously can't keep their own employees safe. So why the fuck would they be able to keep the country safe? Um, but then my favorite by far is the fucking White House intrigue. We have all stars. It's all stars this season. President Logan. This slimy, sneaky, Nixonian type who's always going around. And, like, literally, Kevin, we've talked about this, but, like, weirdly relatable. You know, he's living a lie, and that's all I'll say about that for now. But he's living a lie, and people are going to get him. And that's what it feels like to be an active alcoholic, actually. So I was kind of like, huh, (laughs) I've been there, bud. (laughs) And then his wife, who's, like, everyone says is crazy, but she's the only one who sees the truth. She's like a Cassandra. And then the stalwart Secret Service agent, Aaron Pierce, who you aptly call the... The people's hero. The people's hero. 
for good reason. And then, of course, Mike Novick, who went from sneaky Mike Novick from the second season, who betrayed Pet President Palmer and may have been involved in kind of killing some lady who also worked there. Remember that? Yeah, Lynn. She, Lynn fell down the stairs. We're not going to talk about that. But here he's one of the heroes. And he's one of the guys who's like, I, I feel like we have a lot of conversations where I'm pre- playing the President Logan role. I'm manic. I'm excited. I'm yelling. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I'm trying to, like, plan something. And you're kind of like, with all due respect, sir, <laughs> we need to think about the poll numbers. So it was just that the all-stars, just classics, amazing. At one point... President Palmer's younger brother shows up. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. I love that whole, the whole White House thing. Very Watergate vibes. They were purposely playing with that, you know, by having a woman named Martha, you know, with mental issues and also, you know, a, a president with a widow's peak who's sneaky and you can't trust. I mean, it's so good. That's my favorite one. I, that, that was the strongest it was like General Hospital, the White House edition. I just never knew what was going to happen, and I loved it. And there was also, in this season, uh, a character named Banya. Oh, the the Russian first lady. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were rooting for her, obviously. Forgot about that. You forgot about that, your namesake. A lot happened. She nearly died because of Logan. So did a lot of people. A lot of people almost died or died, actually. A lot, huge death toll. Why don't you talk about the central thrust of the season? The thrust. The thrust. Do it. Uh, the threat this time is canisters of nerve gas that are under control of some Russian terrorists. And these terrorists uh, seem to have some high-level connections. Goes all the way to the top. <laughs> and before that was clear, you were really enjoying Logan's interactions with the terrorists because the terrorists. How did you describe that? <laughs> okay, the terrorists would be like, "Yes, Mr. President, we if you do not uh, release Saren Gas on children, we will post negative things about you on Facebook." And he'd be like, "Mike, Mike, what do I do?" And he'd have this thing where he'd tilt his head back and do big eyes. <laughs> What do I do? I have to do it. I have no other choice, Mike. And and Mike's standing there like, what the fuck is... It, it, <laughs> this guy, he's constantly like, wait, two decisions. <laughs> one's batshit crazy and obviously a horrible idea. And one's like, okay. And he's always picking option A. It's never... And like, that makes more sense later. Because you find out he's in league with the terrorists. Which is iconic. President is evil. But in the in the lead up to that, it's amazing because it's like this guy is such a wild car. You don't know what it is. They'll be like, oh, should we? I don't know how to respond to this terrorist thing. Should we like shoot all the survivors or send them medical help? And he'd be like, I don't know what to do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had those kinds of days where we're kind of indecisive. But this is just and then and then meanwhile, Martha's running around. Martha's opening scene is iconic. I forget that actress's name. Who is Jean Smart? Jean Smart. She's an icon. Like they, they, the opening for her is she's, she's like in, like, like the bathroom of whatever like retreat they're at. Like doing, and this woman's doing her makeup, and then she just looks at the mirror, 
and then dunks her head in the sink of water. <laughs> what a fucking intro. And she's just, she's just like trying. She feels that. So David Palmer, the, pre- the former president who was murdered, he called her right before his death and said, we need to talk. Which doesn't really make any sense, like, because, like, why why wouldn't he, like, report it to, like, somebody else? But, like, anyways, he calls her, and she's like, he was trying to tell me about the plot against him or something like that. And so she's obsessed with that. So she's obsessively trying to track things down, even though her husband is basically throwing all these roadblocks up and being like, she's crazy, she's crazy, you can't listen to her, she's crazy. But he's also, like, weirdly horny for her the whole time. Like, he's, like, kind of, like, he's always, like, oh, Martha, um, you were partners, da, da, da. And, like, it's just a fascinating, crazy relationship. So kind of like us. So my question for you, Kevin, is who's who? <laughs> <laughs> now you're blushing. How would you assign Am it? I the crazy first lady or the conniving president? I think at one point during our watching of this, you said that you saw yourself as a combination of both. Yeah, of them. I'm like their kid. <laughs> That's what happens. No, I just related to Logan in the whole, like, he's unraveling. We're seeing him. He's not like a competent villain, and he's like, yeah, I'm getting it all done. He's like constantly, constantly almost getting busted. And so that was kind of fun to watch. You loved it. Yeah, you, he's in control because he's the president, but that's the only thing going for him. Everything else is going to complete shit. And he's his plan, his big whoop-de-doo plan was, okay, I'm going to get this toxic nerve gas from this uh, Russian offshoot country, like this territory that's controlled by Russia that we're not going to name because they don't name in the show. And I'm going to going to take it to the United States and almost set off a terrorist attack. And then, or I'm going to, no, I'm going to like have it in the United States and I'm going to give it to these Russian guys and they're going to go to Russia and use it on Moscow. And then that's going to make it so that I can get oil in the Middle East. I <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like that apples to app. It's like that, uh, it's like that cards against humanity card. It's like XX profit. I mean, like how did that work? But, and then oopsie doodles, uh, it gets you know, they, the Russian terrorists get cut off and they, they're they mad and they want to set it off in the United States. And meanwhile, his chief of staff, Walt Cummings, is involved in the plot but doesn't know that the president's also involved. It's just such a... I mean, there's so many crazy... The plot, like, doesn't really hold up to much scrutiny, but it's really fun to watch. And Jack's uh, lady love, Audrey, who thought Jack was dead... From the end of season four to the beginning of this season, it turns out she had a one night fling with Walt Cummings. Oh yeah, so Jack has to like use enhanced interrogation techniques on his like lady love, and like that's awkward. And like, there's just so many crazy things. Like one of our early dates. Oh, where I use my enhanced interrogation (laughs) techniques on you. That's what you're all about. You wish. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a really great season of television. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Overall, the pacing, the running around is a ton of fun. It's very violent, very ridiculous, very, uh, very over the top in in a way that only 24 can be. You got hooked on it. I, I was hooked. I thought this was delightful. Standouts. Standouts. Definitely the White House storyline, because 
there's like a budding romance that I detected early on between Martha and the Secret Service agent Aaron Pierce. I was you said you said, you said Kevin. I know it'll never happen, but I hope those two crazy kids get together. Yeah, because he's like really stable and just kind of like a chill, like Midwestern guy or something. And she's like, and she's a crazy out. woman from the coast. Oh man, maybe they're us. <laughs> that that describes us to a T. And, uh, you know, but she, he kind of believes her because he kind of, like, gets it. And, like, then they're kind of, like, holding hands at points. And it's so good. And, like, he gets captured by the bad guys. And then she saves him and is, like, shooting people. And it's like, oh, my God, this is such good. This is so crazy. I loved it. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. How does this stand up on rewatch to you? Because you've seen this before. Well, also, let me, we, we talked about the attack on CTU headquarters involving a sad scene, a sad outcome. Tell us. That made you gasp. Tell us. And, and, and you, you welled up a bit. You were laughing and then you found yourself wiping away a tear. Tell us all about it. Uh, there's a character on the show named Edgar, who's very sympathetic, very nice character, likable chap. And he does, uh, he gets uh, killed by the nerve gas, and we see him die in front of us. Uh, his friends are safe in uh, a quarantined area, and he dies in front of them, and he calls out the name of Chloe. It's really sad. It's that gut punch. Yeah. It does, th- those shocking deaths were handled well. You, you said that you felt the show has a dark heart and doesn't like its characters enough. I generally, uh, I stand by that. But you liked all these deaths? I felt like some of them were wasted potential, but in terms of how they were framed and what they accomplished, sure. Generally, I think the show has a very dark heart. It doesn't want its lead, Jack, to be happy, 
which is okay in small doses, but when you watch a lot of it, it just kind of leaves a bitter aftertaste. And it doesn't allow... One thing that's fun with, like, the pulp genre, which I think 24 falls into, is that it's kind of just like, yeah, we won. And it doesn't really have that element to it. It's just more of, like... If it, if you watch it too much of it, it just sort of starts feels like, oh, now we got to go back to the grocery store because there's more stuff we need. I mean, it, it almost is like a chore saving the country or the world or whatever. Yeah, he never really gets a note of triumph. And I get that they don't want to do that because that's kind of jingoistic. And, and the show is very problematic in its you know portrayal of torture and relations with the Middle East and, and, and whatnot and really falls into some pretty horrible subtext but i think i don't know it might be fun to get a win once in a while that's just my thought i thought the show was very well plotted uh i thought president logan uh was an outstanding character uh i thought there were very few missteps in this season one misstep i will talk about is the ending did not care for that. What happens at the end? Jack gets captured by uh, Chinese agents in the United States and kidnapped and taken to China, which sets up what I understand to be from you a pretty weak sixth season. The sixth season is not good. Unless you want to meet like Jack's uh, dad and brother. Also, something you told me that was a bit of a spoiler for the sixth season was that at, at a lot of times there's this like, overweight bald guy on the phone with president logan being like we got to figure this out charles charles the investors are waiting and it, like whatever it's like the oh the league of villains guy that's apparently jack bauer's brother i thought that was the dumbest shit i ever heard i'd forgotten that he was even in this dumbest season. shit i've ever heard that makes me just want to die that's horrible i hate when shows do that where they just have like a good setup and then suddenly it's like oh this guy's brother's also bad it's like oh come on it's like what they did in uh Spectre in James Bond. It was like, oh, fun spy stuff. Oh, what if James Bond had an adoptive brother who ruined his life and is behind every bad thing that ever happened to him? It's like, that just feels like such a limiting, stupid storytelling mode to get into. And totally unnecessary. Why can't it just be a a, a bad guy? If you're not going to do anything interesting with the sibling connection, then don't do anything. And if you're not going to set it up, then don't do it. Uh, You were really fond of the character of Audrey. Loved Audrey. She's like a strong female character who's just trying her best to do her government job. And her dad is like the defense secretary or something. And so, like, her he, dad is a defense. He kind he kind of comes off like an asshole in this season, at least. But Kevin says he's the, one of the heroes, so I'll, I'll have to see. He later becomes president. Well, I mean, bad people can become president. He, he ordered when his, his daughter comes in to him for help and says, "We have a recording of President Logan basically saying, ha, I'm a villain.'" You know, he's like, "Oh, sure, great." And then he ties his daughter and his is her ex boyfriend up in a closet and runs off with the tape and which you know immediately gets confiscated i mean it, it like he fucks the whole thing up and then he drives into a lake to redeem himself cuz like a rocket's after him and everyone's supposed to be okay with that well you were okay with it weren't you i just i didn't like him 
So who is your favorite character in this season? Obviously, the, the best character in any season of 24 is one Jack Bauer. And he carries in this episode a little bag. And uh, we carry that bag with us. Yeah, tell us more about your Bauer bag. We call it the Bauer bag. Well, it is the Bauer bag. Uh, Because one of us, after this season originally aired, one of us enjoyed it so much that they made a point to find a bag that looked just like the bag Jack carried. And uh, one of us, the one of us who did this, uh, still carries that bag to this day. (laughs) And even takes it on uh, trips. And even runs around with it. Carry his tools on a day out. Yes. So, you love Jack Bauer. Is that fair to say, Kevin? He's a great character. What do you love about him? Uh, the character is actually not a great character, but the the performance that Kiefer Sutherland gives really humanizes the character and gives him uh, an inner vulnerability and pain that may not be there in the writing. It's definitely not there in the writing, folks. <laughs> The writing is very violent, inconsistent man. But Sutherland's performance, is, as you said, elevates it quite a bit. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you, there was a season of 24 that did not have the Jack Bauer character. And I think arguably the writing of that season was probably on a par with a typical 24 season. And the actor who was the lead was a fine actor. But it, you need Sutherland. He's got that kind of you know unpredictability element too, where you don't really know what he's gonna do. He looks kind of crazy, so let's see. I think that benefits the character because he makes a lot of crazy decisions or wild choices. Some of them good, some of them terrible. But you got to believe that the character is really gonna do that and go there. Yes, there is a doggedness to him, as uh, other podcasters might say, a tenacity. A tenacity. <laughs> Once he gets something in his sights, he'll you're not letting anything stop him. We've actually begun watching season four, and there were moments where you said, Oh, Jack, don't. Jack, no. Much like I say to you all the time. But I just ignore you. That's when you have your bower bag on. You just think you can do anything. You try to hop fences, it's getting dangerous. Driving erratically. He's always running. He's always running around with the damn bag. It's great. What do you think elevates five over the other days in this series? I think some of the other uh, series uh, have more of an improvisational feel. I feel that that adds an element of like anything can happen. Like season two had that. It was wild. You didn't know what was going to happen. You felt like even the writers didn't know what was going to happen. You, you feel like the writers decided midway into the season, oh, this character who we everybody thought was good, let's make her bad. And there wasn't really any thought given to that. Uh, this season feels like it was completely plotted from beginning to end before they wrote one word of the first episode. And I felt that really showed in comparison with season two. Season two has a lot of great stuff, but, you know, halfway through, basically, they stop looking for the nuke and they start basically trying to prevent war in the Middle East. That causes it to run out of some steam. And you also have stupid side plots like Jack's daughter, Kim, running from cougars in the woods, infamously. And I think this season has the good of season two 
without as much of that bad dragging weight on it. Yeah, they have more experience in constructing the show and realizing, well, since the story is told in real time, we can't have Jack on screen all the time. We need to have other stories. And they've come up with other stories and plots that are the very least just as entertaining and interesting as the Jack Bauer stuff. The moments in season two, when they cut away the White House, you'd be like looking at your watch and saying, let's get on with yeah, it. Yeah, and it would, it would sometimes in be this, interesting. In this season, whenever they cut away to the White House, uh, you got very excited. Season season two might be there torturing the like Secretary of Defense, or like which is interesting, or it might be like, David Palmer's debating with his ex-wife about like the merits of the First Amendment because they just arrested a reporter and it's like okay, you know. But this one knows to it. It really cuts a lot of that fat and makes sure it's all muscle, and that benefits the storytelling. It really makes it feel like exciting. So just a great season, and it's fun that uh, Logan was in some ways obviously based on Nixon both in the writing and especially how the actor was Gregory Itson, yeah, how he uh, portrayed him. He's so good. It's so, it's so fun. The character of Logan appears in some other seasons, but I don't think he ever rises to the heights he does here. It's just such a good villain because it feels like a realistic, like he's a kind of a fucking idiot, like who's just way over his head, but it, it, it gives him a desperation and a cunning quality. Like there's one episode where he's like basically like lost and he's like, I'm going to have to kill myself. And then he gets some good news and like you can see his eyes like light up where he's like, okay, okay I can still, I can still win this. And it's like so fun. He's not like a perfect adversary in that he's doing everything right, but he's also very dangerous. He's capable of surprising you. There was one moment in the last episode where he does something that literally made you gasp. He slapped Martha. It was awful. That was upsetting. But, yeah, at that point, he was realizing that she was working against him. Uh, at one point at the end... She, we, we don't have to talk yeah. about it. I, I don't... If, you, if you're uncomfortable talking about sexuality... So, the, the, one of the, my favorite parts, though, is when uh, David Palmer's younger brother uh, comes to the compound to meet with Aaron Pierce. Because they, they, they both know that Jack's on to something and they're trying to help him. And there's this scene where, like, Aaron Pierce and the younger brother are, like, running through the forests of the compound with, like, guns, like, shooting at the bad guys. It's like, this has escalated so much. But, like, very much in the spirit of, like, very entertaining kind of wild shit. And that was appreciated by me because I love that kind of entertaining wild shit. And then the brother, David Palmer's brother comes back in the next season and becomes president. He's the fucking president. I mean, if he went through something like that, honestly, good for him. I'd say that when it comes to... I'd say that when it comes to the show 24, give me five. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! Silent clock. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. 
We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks Thanks so so much much for listening. listening.